phrase, the phrase I always use is that it's a gift to my heart to come here every time. And no more time than this time. But um, in worship, I really felt the Lord say, I'm going to get raw and real with people in this session. I'm going to get raw and real. And he's certainly been doing that in my life, but I believe that's the, era, that's the time we're in. It's going to get raw and real with people. Because if we actually want to do what Tim said, if we actually want to be transformed, which I'm going to talk about, it's always something that I touch on, but if we want to be transformed in his image, we have to get raw and real with him, and he gets raw and real with us. It becomes messy. becomes like this stripping away and there's another layer of surrender and all these things. But I felt extra thing in worship. I felt in the raw and real, he's going to, as I, I saw myself speaking up here, but I saw the Holy Spirit layering what I was saying for each of you. And I knew that meant that he was going to layer what I say with the application that applies to you. So I saw myself saying some things um, I saw some of the sentences I know that I'm going to say and he was layering it for you individually. So when, by the raw and the real, when we talk about God exposing pride and humility being a key to advancement and all these other things we're going to talk about, he was layering that for you and saying, okay, this is what I... He's kind of pressing on some points, pressing on different points for different people but pressing on them. And then I also saw that he was in the raw and the real, he was actually shining this massive spotlight on our hearts and minds. And so he was going, okay, I see the deep, 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 deep part in you there. I see that deep, deep, deep part that needs healing and you have to let him get in and get messy and clean it out. And that he was looking at mindsets and saying, okay, I see this in here and I see how it's been twisted, but I'm going to, if you allow me, if you get raw and real with me, if you get messy, I can transform that for you. So there's an invitation, but also an action, as there always is. So it's an invitation to get raw and real with God and he will get raw and real with you. And in the process, we're transformed and we go to a different level of freedom in him. So what I wanted to talk about today, half the session I wanted to kind of just recap where I believe we are on a world stage, what God's doing now, just really fast because we don't have much time. And then I want to go over the word that he gave me for you. Um, so on the world stage, I believe we've been through, as we know, a really unusual time. But the Lord has used this time, this whole COVID time, to bring a reset to the church, to reset to people's lives and a reset to the church. This is another, you know, avenue of the raw and real. So he has used this time, what the enemy meant for good, I believe God's, I mean, what the enemy meant for harm, God is doing for good. And Romans 8.28, I just see that plastered everywhere I go. It's like God just reminds me of it all the time. Um, but I believe we're in the greatest hour of preparation and purification, which is why we're going to talk about the fire again later on. And we talked, some of the songs were about that. But if we want to be prepared and positioned to really partner with God in transformation, because partnership is what it's about, then we need to be willing to be 
prepared and purified by God. So I believe we're in this time of reset, but the Lord has been speaking to me the last month about the relaunch that's coming. So we're in this time of reset, but he's giving me this word that's just brewing and brewing and brewing, starting to write these things about the relaunch and the restart that's coming. And so he keeps saying to me, you know, the purification and preparation are for the unveiling and for the restart, for the relaunch, but not everyone's ready. Not everyone's ready. And some people think they're ready, but they're not actually fully ready. So in this time of reset, in the shaking, the Lord has just, for those that have allowed him to get like a surgeon and just go in and rip everything apart, which is kind of the process, um, he has removed things that aren't of him so that we can come into closer alignment. So for the relaunch, he wants his army to arise with such close alignment. So what he's been saying to me is the heartbeat of Jesus but the rhythm of the spirit. So it's in the exact heartbeat of Jesus but in the rhythm of the spirit. So only in step with the spirit but in the heart of Jesus. So the Lord is removing complacency, compromise, mixture, all these things that have come in, all these, you know, coming back to the, the word of God in purity. What does it really mean? What is, it, what is the spirit in the, behind it? You know, um, because what's coming in the relaunch is also rebuilding. So he started talking about this rebuilding that's happening. So in the reset, all of our foundations, the things that weren't supposed to be there were pulled out. Well, that was what he wanted to happen so that we have this rock-solid foundation and we've been strengthened so that we have a platform for the relaunch. Does that make sense? And then we rebuild. So on a regional level, you are rebuilding the foundation so that you have this massive security to go forth in, to advance from. So the Lord is, is bringing his church to a new normal. But really it's a return to his original plans and purposes. Because we, along the hundreds of, thousand, you know, long time, we keep adding more things in and slightly changing it and, you know, whatever, whatever. And the Lord is bringing us back. So I saw this massive world, I was kind of looking down on the world map. And I saw all these people beginning to be positioned for the relaunch. They're all kind of getting ready, taking their place. Um... And as they were doing that, this book came out of heaven. And kind of, they all were, had their hands up waiting for this book. And it was, the book was God's um, plan for the new era. That was the title. But the cover of the book came off as they took hold of it. And the, the actual cover inside said God's original plans and purposes. So this is what I, I believe we're in such a foundational time. God is just going, okay let's just bring everything back to foundation. What is the foundation of my love? What is the foundation of my truth? What is, what is the whole gospel message? What, is, you know, what are the foundational keys that we've kind of adjusted along the way? We've added bits, we've taken it off. And so the key hasn't become as effective because we've modified the key. And so he's saying, just go back and make everything, go back to the foundations of what, my desire was for the church. What, we, what are we called to be? What does it mean to be the salt and light of the earth? What does it mean? What are the, all these things? 
Um, so in this time, I believe the Lord is saying to us, ask, ask of me and I will show you the new way. So the Lord said, those who ask are those who are seeking my way. They are not presuming the way they were operating and walking before the reset is the way I'm in, I am leading them in the new day. So this new the relaunch that's coming, we are all supposed to be asking the question, what, how do I get into closer alignment with you, Lord, so I'm as positioned as I can be for the relaunch? What does the new path look like for me? Which parts am I not supposed to do anymore? Which parts am I supposed to do more of? Which parts am I supposed to adapt? You know, ask, ask, ask. Press in, in this time. So, we're also in a time of sifting. Because in that process where the Lord is preparing people for the relaunch, he is looking, 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 looking across the earth going, okay, who can partner with me? Who can I give more to? Who can I increase more to? Because I know they will steward it from a heart of purity. Who are the people who have wanted to come into close alignment with my word, my ways, my heart, my character? Who are these people? Because these are the ones that I can entrust with more in the relaunch because they're going to you know, advance it the way that I want that to happen. So the Lord said, I'm preparing my bride and calling her to be ready. A clear divide will be seen between my faithful remnant and those who are found not ready. There has always been a need to be ready, but no time greater than now. For those that are found ready are given the key to greater partnership with me. My greater plans will unfold in the time ahead, and I desire for none to be left out. However... Only those who are awakened to the hour and aligned with me will see the key or invitation before them. So this is kind of like a caution from God saying, you know what, I am sifting, I am looking. And people don't actually really like that. They say, well, that's not the, that's not the heart of God. No, God just wants everyone to be happy and, you know, yes. Yes, he does. But he, the Lord is also giving us the privilege of partnership the privilege of partnership and with that comes accountability comes responsibility comes you know alignment alignment and alignment is messy it's raw and real alignment is you know i'm shining the light on this area of your heart because it's still got a bit of pride there and i'm shining the light on this because you really need to press into my word for that area because you're not really aligned with it it's messy so i believe we're at a threshing floor time where the Lord is exposing things, incorrect doctrines, heart attitudes, agendas, whatever, so that he, in his mercy, is bringing us into a closer alignment so that we can be used in a greater way. So as well as that, the Lord keeps highlighting Second Chronicles 7.14 to me. And it's, it's certainly for a regional, national level, but it's also for individuals. And I've read, I mean, we all know this verse. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I mean, uh, we all know that verse. But the Lord kept saying to me, yes, but it's a, it's a key. It's a promise. And every, but unless someone takes up the key, the promise just falls to the ground. It's not unlocking anything. 
So in our individual lives or when we're standing in intercession for our region, whatever, there are keys to this verse. So, you know, humility, prayer, turning our face to Jesus, all these things are part of what's needed. So the Lord said, now is the time like never before to embrace 2 Chronicles 7.14. It is both an invitation and a call to action. And those of you who know me, that's like what God says to me all the time, invitation and call to action. Without action, the promise falls to the ground and bears no fruit. But as my people take hold of the promise in word and deed, because this is another thing, I feel that the Lord's really saying it's time to take up the plough. It's time to take action. It's time to put faith into action. Um, So word and deed, explosive power is seen to bring transformation, healing and restoration. Consecration, repentance and surrender is the foundation from which my people will arise in the fullness of all I'm calling them to walk in. We don't like those words so much. Consecration, surrender, repentance, but this is the raw and the real. This is the messy. So as my people truly turn to me and seek me in heart, word and deed, they will see me move on their behalf. So... I believe it's the hour of the turning. So the Lord is calling everyone to turn because that's what alignment is. Turn to more fully face him, to turn to more fully walk in his ways, turn to more um, closely hear the Holy Spirit and walk in those steps only. These kind of things, turning to the word of God, turning to allow the Holy Spirit to be our teacher all these turning things, turning to his original plans and purposes is what it basically means. But if we break down that verse a little bit, so pride, this is the era where pride is being exposed in greater ways. The Lord said, I'm dealing with areas of pride in the lives of my people and exposing pride to invite them to repent and surrender those areas for me. Those who truly pray, Psalm 139, 23 to 24, and I've got to say, this verse, I mean, God must tell me this verse pretty much, maybe not every day, but it feels like every day. It is the verse of the year, the verse of the era. You know, in the Passion Translation, it says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. This is the raw and the real. Find out everything that may be hidden. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. I mean, that's a bold prayer. If you're going to pray that, put me to the test and sift me. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. So God is basically saying, people who pray this, are going to come into close alignment with me. But prayer, also the Lord's been highlighting prayer. He's, he's highlighting prayer because we've, we've, let the, we've let prayer go and we've become complacent, especially in Australia. He's told me a lot of words about Australia and complacency. But God is wanting to break off complacency, particularly in prayer, And he's highlighting how to pray strategically in line with the Spirit. And I believe that he's opening the eyes of his people to the power of prayer and the power of united prayer. 
united prayer on the leading of the Spirit, obviously. The Lord said, Great is my response and reward to those who take up 2 Chronicles 7.14. As my people across the world are awakened to the power of this promise and more and more heed the call of this verse, greater will be the manifestation of my response. Watch as my blessing and glory is poured out on areas where my people embrace this call. Those areas will shine with the turnaround that comes from my hand. Turnaround is just another word for transformation. We want to see the raw and the real out there, not just in here. To be real, to be real it has to be out there. If we're not, if what, we're not going to allow God to be messy and to transform us, then we will not go out and transform anything outside. So the relaunch. The Lord said he's going to relaunch the separated ones. So the ones that have have separated themselves, have hungered for more of him, have wanted to seek him, um, you know, these ones are going to be be relaunched with greater authority, greater area of influence, greater voice, um, because he can trust them, because they carry his heart, they carry his message, they carry it with purity. They're skipping over it quite fast, but... Um, if you look at the big scale, I also believe it's an era of divine intervention. But divine intervention comes on the back of partnership, just like transformation does. So, <coughs> the Lord is bringing breakthrough and course corrections and adjustments to the lives of people, families, ministries, regions. But he does that through us. He does that as we stand in intercession, as we you know, are led by the Spirit in whatever way our assignment is, in faith and obedience. Okay, so the Lord said, I'm looking for those who walk in step with my Spirit and walk in partnership with me. Many times my intervention will be due to partnership of my people. There's an invitation to greater consecration and greater surrender. It is an invitation to partner in prayer, faith and obedience. So these are all the things we've we've talked about um also i wanted to add this part the lord really highlighted this to add it in about it being a time of the goodness of god and even on the drive here i I saw the same vision i saw a few months ago where i saw these accounts coming like this court of heaven and all these accounts were coming all the books were being opened for people and ministries and the faith and obedience of people and their continued stand, and the word continue was just like, you know, bold. They'd persevered, they'd continued, 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 they'd overcome. Those ones were released, they had um, scrolls released to them and they, it had the word testimony on it, but it was stamped with the goodness of God. It was stamped with, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It was stamped with that verse. And I knew that these testimonies of God's goodness and his justice, um, you know, there was just going to be so many, just countless testimonies that people were going to say. Because the Lord is looking for people who sing of his goodness even in difficulty, who know he is faithful even in difficulty, who know that he's working all things for their good, who knows that he overturns injustices, who know that he, if you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, then the promise hasn't, the timing hasn't come yet. 
you know, God is faithful to fulfill what he's spoken, even if it doesn't look the opposite. Lastly, we're going to talk about this big, what God's doing on the big scale, is the ear of the heart. The ear of the heart. The Lord is searching the hearts of his people and looking for those who have hearts aligned with him. Because as we have our heart aligned with him, we walk in his character, we walk in his ways. Um, But also he's looking at the heart of regions and nations and he's bringing healing to those areas. He wants to bring healing to our individual hearts, but healings to regions and nations. The Lord said, not only will you see transformation of the heart of individuals and families, but I will also move on the heart of nations, for I also desire to bring alignment and healing to nations. I'm exposing the heart of nations, so that which is not of me is brought into the light, and a course correction can occur on the back of repentance, intercession, and alignment with my word. Healing is a sign of the work of my spirit. And nations that will see healing come to the very foundation of their nation are those where my spirit is moving and my people are rising up in prayer and intercession. So just as there is this big call from heaven to say, get ready, be found on the right side of the divide, be found aligned with him, there's also this really big call at the moment, which there always is, but particularly now, to pray and intercede to take up the call of prayer and intercession. Because the enemy, and why? I've asked God, well, why is there such this big call at the moment? And it's because we're entering a time of the greater destiny, the greater destiny of people, of ministries, of nations. God is about to roll out the relaunch, roll out the greater destiny of these, all these things. And so the enemy is working hard to make that not happen. He's bringing division, division to the nation, division to regions where he's moving, you know, trying to bring division, trying to bring distraction, trying to bring delay, trying to bring discouragement. Um, So there's a call to stand. And I saw just in that same map, sorry, just on that same map where I saw people being positioned for the relaunch, I then saw part two of it, which was people were standing, you know, side by side preparing so this highlight on standing together highlight on standing in a unified way because that adds power power to our unified stand so i'm going to skip the parts on australia i'm just going to go straight to what the lord told me for bundaberg so a few weeks ago when i first asked about this weekend i heard the lord say battle-weary warriors, battle-weary warriors. And I thought, oh, sounds like me. <laughs> I've, I thought, are you spoken, speaking to me or are you speaking to them? But really, we're all, this is kind of the time that a lot of people are in because of what I just said, because of the fact that God wants to or is about to roll out the greater destiny, the next step, then there's been this intense opposition from the enemy. Battle-weary warriors. And I knew that many of you had been through or are going through intense battles. Whether you're standing for breakthrough in your own life, in the region, in your family, whatever that is. Um, But straight after that, so I heard battle-weary warriors, but then I heard 
battle-strengthened warriors. Battle-strengthened warriors. And the Lord showed me that in this time, you've been strengthened in the battle. Your faith has been strengthened. Your, your understanding of the character of God has been strengthened. Um, you have shifted more than what you realise in the spirit realm. You've shifted things. And he wants to encourage you that his promises still stand, still stand, and you will overcome in the, his victory. So sometimes our breakthrough is very swift. So a couple of weeks ago, I had this issue with my eldest daughter, and I said, God, you know, that's just totally unjust. That's, I feel righteous anger about that. That's just really, and I said, what, well, you know, what am I going to do about that? And then he said, okay, this is what you do. This is a strategy. And in this particular case, I had to go to the court and, and do this certain thing. Basically, just spirit-led prayer. But in two weeks, it completely turned around. In two weeks, I got a call and they said, actually, we're doing this. It was complete opposite. And I went, wow, God, that's only two weeks. And then other things that, you know other things that we stand for for years and years or maybe even decades you look at the wall of opposition you say god i can only see like it looks like five bricks have fallen down that whole wall <laughs> but some of them take a long time and some of them are swift but he's still faithful even in the journey he's still faithful to bring it to pass there are promises that god has spoken for, it, for me personally that you know, I haven't seen happen yet, but there are, he gave them to me decades ago, and I think, well, God, you are faithful. Um, so he actually gave me a song. We won't play it, but I just wanted to, in this section of Battle-Weary Warriors, it's called Praise Your Name. And I really felt that the Lord was saying, pick up your full arsenal. So you know how to intercede, you know how to war in the spirit, you know how to wield the sword of the spirit, but we can praise in the midst of the storm. So I felt the Lord saying this song, it says, Even now I can see darkness is fading. Walls of fear, brick by brick, will come down. And some of you have brick by brick. Your light will shine, lifting me out of the shadows. Here and now I know where my breakthrough is found. I'm going to sing my way out of the valley. I'm going to shout my way up to the mountain. I will take hold of the truth for your promise. I'm going to praise. So sometimes we have to take hold of the truth of promise regardless of what we see. It, then it goes on to say, I'm going to push through till every lie crumbles. I'm going to dance in the midst of the rain. I'm going to rest in the arms of the Father. I'm going to praise. The lies of the enemy come to say, look how long it's been for this promise to come. You know, discouragement, discouragement, doubt, doubt. <laughs> um, is God really going to make it happen? I think you might have missed the time. All these lies. Then it says, there's a sound welling up from within me, heaven's power calling hope to arise. That's the most powerful part for me, the whole song. Because it's heaven's power. When we feel discouraged, when we feel like, wow, God, this doesn't look like it's ever going to turn around. It's the Holy Spirit in us who says, actually, I'm causing a sound to arise in you. And it's the sound of hope. 
because only God can put it there. All right, then God gave me just a short four, four different areas of people, four sort of categories of for you. So firstly, he said, okay, this is a word for the forerunners. He says for you, my forerunning ones are weary. The battle to forge the path and show others the way to my heart and ways has not been easy. And they have experienced much resistance from the enemy and from man. But my forerunning ones have taken more territory in the spirit than they can see. Be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. On the drive here, I said to God, what do you want me to do today? And he said, encourage my faithful ones. That's your job. Encourage my faithful ones. So be encouraged. See the shift and the doors I have already begun to open. Let your hearts be encouraged by the signs of the shift that have already occurred even this year. The windows of my blessing are only just beginning to open. Look with spiritual eyes at the angelic armies I am sending to open wide the path before you. The battle has been intense and is continuing to rage, but know my angelic army goes with you and is released as your decrees go forth in line with my word and my will for this hour. I felt that that was, he really highlighted decree and I felt he wanted you to take that up on an even greater level. Um, the battle has been intense as you are rebuilding foundations in line with my heart, world, word and ways. These foundations will not be shaken and are critical to all I will build in the time ahead for they are the platform of re relaunch. So you are building a platform for the region. So yes, there has been some opposition but the Lord is encouraging you that you have made a shift and are continuing to shift that. So then, then he gave me a word for those who carry his heart. In this era of the heart, those who carry my heart have had intense attack on their heart. The enemy has been relentless in attempting to wear down these ones with arrows of doubt and discouragement. I am sending great encouragement to these ones. They have embraced my fire of refining and are coming forth in even greater alignment with my heart. They have purity of heart and their heart cry has been Psalm 139, 23 to 24, which we spoke of before. Those who carry my love and heart in purity will also carry my fire. They will ignite others with my fire and love and will set many ablaze through them. I will set, sorry, many ablaze through them. Now is the time for these ones to guard their heart. I felt a big caution. I actually felt God say stop. Stop, stop and say it again. Um, now is the time for these ones to guard their heart and be discerning to see the schemes of the enemy so that they may stand against the arrows that come against them. Those who carry my heart will be given a greater voice in the days ahead as they speak forth my message and truth in love they will bring healing to many as they heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free so i'm hoping that the holy spirit is layering this for you as i'm speaking you know saying okay this is for you or this is for you or this is what i'm doing or you know for you personally a word for intercessors was the third one many intercessors have become weary so again this whole theme really 
for you was battle-weary warriors, but they had different categories, different sort of subgroups. And some of you are in more than one group. But, um, yeah, I really just felt the Lord wanted to encourage you that in the battle you have shifted things and you have been strengthened um, much more than you realise, actually. Many intercessors have become weary. The battle over the region has been intense. As great is the destiny of the region and greater the plans I have in store for this region. The shift in the spirit has begun. The intercessors have claimed the region and secured territory, but they are becoming disheartened as the full manifestation of all I have spoken has not yet come to pass. My word to them is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. If we do not give up, we will reap a harvest. Truly a harvest is coming for all that has been sown in prayer and intercession for the region. Now is not the time to step down from your post, but to increase your prayers and intercession in order to fortify the region and to continue to take territory for the kingdom. The spiritual battle is raging, but your prayers are shifting the battle. An unveiling and uprooting of darkness is occurring in the region. Great will be the spiritual reward of your reward of your united stand in prayer and intercession if you allow your prayer to be led by my spirit. Don't underestimate the power of your united stand and the power of persistent prayer with thanksgiving. Take heart in the shift that has already occurred. See the small cloud that has already appeared on the horizon and know I am faithful to bring the past the fullness of all I've spoken. And previously the Lord's spoken to me about this deluge of rain that's coming coming here. So he's already saying the small cloud has started. Lastly, the faithful remnant, which I kind of felt was the whole group. But he said, I'm taking my faithful ones deeper into the fire, deeper into the place of refining, ready for the relaunch that's coming. It is my desire for all to come into closer alignment with my heart and ways. It is my desire for all to be made ready. My faithful remnant are arising, refined in the fire and sent out carrying the fire. So there's two things which we've spoken about before, but this, two, this idea of ref, you know, the fire of God that refines and the fire of God that releases you with power and boldness. Many think they are ready, but they are not fully ready. Now is the time to be found on the right side of the divide, to be found ready to partner with me in all I will bring forth in the time of relaunch and restart. So, getting back to the very first thing I said, which was the raw and the real, I, the Lord gave me these two songs, which actually I'd never heard of. They're probably common songs, but I'd never heard of them. He, I was saying, what should I do to rep- prepare? And he said, I want to give you two songs two songs that display my heart for the people and display what I want them to pray. This is like, if God could show you, this is how I want you to, this is my, this is what I want your heart to be like in preparation for the relaunch, it's these two songs. But our hearts need to stay in the refining fire, be set ablaze with his love and sent out baptised with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's basically... The first song says, All-Consuming Fire, that's the title. 
The song says, set me ablaze, in your presence I'm changed. Keep me in the flame that purifies till only you remain. That's like, oh, not sure I can pray that one. (laughs) Keep me in the flame. Don't even move me out. Keep me in the flame till only you remain. That's a bold prayer. But that's what God's saying. In his presence, the only way we're going to be transformed is if he gets raw and real with us. The only way we're going to be transformed is in his presence, if we allow him to work in us so that then we can be someone who can take out and impact others. The second one is called the sending, and we're in a time of sending, which we always have been, but particularly now. So it says, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, send us with power into the world, fill us with fire and love for the world, Give us boldness to proclaim all the wonders of your grace. We are ready. Jesus, you are worth it all, no matter what the cost. Let our hearts be broken. Let your church awaken to your love. This is what God's saying. This, I mean, he's saying these are the two songs for the hour. My refining fire, where people actually want to be transformed so then they can be agents of transformation. And the second one is send me out with power send me out with you know baptize me with your spirit and with fire so that I can go out with power but give me a love for the world give me your love for the world break me down that's raw and real that's messy break me down you know awaken me to your love so I'm going to pray um Lord I thank you for your amazing like life-shattering love for us. I thank you that you want to get raw and real with us. You want to be so intimate with us that you that we just surrender all of ourselves, surrender our hurts, our wounds, our agendas, our plans for what we think um, you should do. Just we just surrender all of it God and that you're really just honing your light in you're honing in on the areas that need to come into closer alignment Lord you are sending your refining fire so that we may be vessels through which you can use with power in a from a pure platform from a heart that's aligned with yours so Lord we thank you that you are sending the refining fire and Lord we just want to come out you know, as people that walk in your aroma, as people that uh, display the fruit of the Spirit, as people that operate from a platform of love, as people that are baptised with your Spirit and your fire so that we can go out with, fi- with power, so that we can demonstrate who you are to people, so that they will be impacted by your love, the power of your love, the power of your message, the power of... Um, you know, the power of your truth of your word, the power of who you are. So, Lord, we thank you that this is a time of sending. We thank you that it's a time to make a stand. We thank you that you're looking through the earth and looking for those who want to take up the greater partnership, who want to step into the greater plans that you have, who want to be counted, who want to make a stand for righteousness, who want to partner with you in a greater way. 
So Lord, we say, send us. Send us, Lord. Send us out in power. Send us out with our hearts broken for what breaks yours. Send us out with, you know, your message to carry and just refine us in whatever way needs to happen. And so, Lord, we ask that you'll be raw and real with us. We ask that you will do the work in us. We ask to be transformed into your image. And, Lord, we thank you that you that we're at a significant time in history, that we're at a time where you are preparing to unveil the greater plans, where you are preparing to, you know, move with power. And that, Lord, we ask you that you will give us a heart for the world. You will give us a heart for the lost. You will give us compassion for people. You will give us your heart. And that we, our heart will set others ablaze, that they will be ignited by the love in us so lord we thank you for your heart to send your refining fire and to send your power send your spirit and lord we thank you that we have the privilege of partnering you in that with you in that way lord we thank you for that this is the hour for transformation we thank you that you are raising up the faithful remnant and sending them out this is the time of sending. And Lord, we thank you that you are highlighting our field of influence. You are highlighting what our steps are, what our course is, what our path is, what our next step in the path is. Lord, we thank you for wisdom and revelation on how to step. We ask that our heartbeat would be in beat with yours, with Jesus. We ask that it would be in the heartbeat of Jesus. Transform our hearts, Lord. Transform our minds to be in line with your your word bring strip everything else away lord god thank you that you walk every step with us and so we embrace the roar and the wheel we embrace the transformation in jesus name amen i said hallelujah amen Amen. Can I just um, invite everyone, if you can, just to stand with me just for a minute before we start here. Can we just give Katie another uh, round of applause? That was incredible. I, wa I want to just say something that, that there were some fundamental keys in what she was saying. And I, I don't, it kind of a little bit felt like it, it went over your heads a little bit. And sometimes that happens when we talk about fundamental 101 type things. But I want you to know that there, there, is, uh, there is a response to take place today here. And I believe, I honestly believe in my heart that God is going to do something uh, incredible here this afternoon and, and of course across um, the weekend. And so while we, before we start, before I uh, share anything that I have to say, which is of, compared to Jesus, no, no value, right? He's why we're here. I hope that's why we're here. So can we just close our eyes and can we just begin to put his name on our lips? Jesus, we worship you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we just say, come and take your rightful place here today. And we just invite you now, King, to come and get what you paid for. 
We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Come on, just begin to tell him that you love him. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. You are everything to us. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you begin to blow through this place today? Fire of the living God. Come on, if you've got your heavenly language, would you just pray in the spirit with me for a second? Jesus. Come on, lift it up today. I'm telling you, there's something that needs to be broken in the spirit here today. And it's not just for us, it's for this region. fire of God, fire of God. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Come in power. Come in power. Lord, we welcome you here. Be enthroned upon our praises today, God. Be lifted high. We lift and declare the name of Jesus high above every other name in this place today. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Feels good in here. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus is here with us today. And that makes this holy ground that we're standing on. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and take a seat. I want to invite you today just to stay in this place. Um just as we share for a little bit, um, and, and I believe that there is going to be a, a time to respond. And so even right now, I want you to begin to prepare your heart, position it to respond to Him, even before we get to the end. Um, before we do start, I want to just um, uh, honor Tim and Bonnie. I know Tim had to leave, but um, I just want to thank these guys. Uh, it's It's it is a true honor for us to come be up here with you. I said this last time that we were here, uh, that it feels like family when we, when we come. And I know it's, it's actually been quite a while since we've been here. Um, we were debating. We couldn't, we couldn't work out exactly how long it had been, but it was, we couldn't work out if it was last year or the year before, but it's been quite a while um, since we've been here. But um, 
Bonnie, I know you're here. I want to honor you guys. Let me tell you that in journeying with uh, Tim over the last couple of years, these guys are the real deal. Their heart truly is for the kingdom. It's for Jesus. It's not to build their own kingdom. They, they have a true heart to see this city transformed. And I believe that the Lord is going to use them and continue to use them in a really mighty way. So I want to just encourage you guys, for those that call this uh, church home, you are really blessed to have uh, such amazing leaders here. So would, would you give them a round of applause? We honor you guys. Um, I, I felt just to quickly, because it had been such a long time uh, since we've been up here, um, there may have been some that here uh, that aren't that weren't here last time, and even those that were here. I thought I would just give a really quick um, overview of my wife Kim and I, our ministry, what we do. Um, uh, you know, rattle off the resume, as it were. Um, but just to give you some context as to who we are, because I know that we, we haven't met each and every one of you. I know Katie's been up here a lot. So I wanted to just give you guys an insight just as to who we are and uh, what our heart is. Um, so Kim and I, uh, we actually met at ministry school over in California. And we ended up getting married over there. We were, we were there for three or so years. Um, and uh, so Kim is actually from, uh, she's from Florida in the U.S., and I'm from Brisbane, Australia, where we all, we all live now. Brisbane, go to the Broncos. Not this year. Um, and uh, so, I don't know if you can see, but my, my wife Kim is there, and my three beautiful children, Emily, Josiah, and Haley. So we all live currently in Brisbane. And um, just to forewarn you guys... Um, my wife and I, we're positive that our eldest, Emily, is saved, but the, the two youngest, uh, the twins, we're still working on them. So if you see or hear them running around, you'll, you'll understand why. Um, they haven't quite uh, repented and, and uh, changed their ways. So, so if you do see them, you'll know exactly why. So um, Now, after ministry school, we passed at a very small church on the Sunshine Coast for a, for a very short season. Um, before moving back to Brisbane, um, because in 2018, uh, I had an encounter with the Lord um, over in the United States, uh, where He stood before me and held out to me a uh, a red baton. Uh, is that what you call them? A baton, you know, like a relay race. And He handed it to me. And as I took that baton, and I brought it back to myself, a thick red blood began to run down my arms. And in that encounter, the Lord commissioned me to take the gospel and the power of the precious blood of Jesus to see nations won for Christ. And um, in that encounter, he said to me, he said, Aaron, it's time for you to run your race. And I love the imagery of of that particular encounter, it reminds me of one of my favorite chapters in the Bible in, um, in Hebrews chapter 11 and even 12, um, where, you know, this is the hall of famers we're talking about. This is the great cloud of witnesses. They're looking down and cheering us on as we run our race. Now, how many of you know that in a relay race, it doesn't matter where the, f the first runner finishes? You're not going to get a gold medal 
if the second and third runners are, are finished out in front? How many of you know that all, the first three runners are only going to be rewarded for where the last runner finishes? Does this make sense? I want you to look at what it says in the very last couple of verses of Hebrews 11. It says this, that these, now this, when they say these, they're talking about this list of absolute gunners, right? That the author of Hebrews has just listed, these men and women of faith. And so it says that these were all uh, commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. Why? Because God had planned for something better, God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Because you see, what is in our hands right now? What has been handed to us has been handed down through generation to generation. Moses gave it to Joshua. And Elijah gave it to Elijah. Jesus gave it to his disciples. The disciples gave it to the fathers of the church. And for generation through generation, the baton of the gospel has been handed down. And now it rests in our generation, young and old. Our generation now holds the baton of the gospel. And the very reason that these men and women of God are looking down on us is because they know something that we, I think, so easily have forgotten. And it's this, that if we are to, fin if we are to cross the finish line, if we are to win the race right now, if we are to reap the harvest, then they all win. What they've done is not in, been in vain. But they also know that if we were to fall and if we were to stumble, if we were to lay down that baton out of fear or out of uh, worldly pursuits or out of um, comforts or conveniences, then they will all lose. Is this making sense, what I'm saying? You understand that this is an analogy. This is a picture This is not a, uh, an end-time theology, right? Because my perspective is this, that the end-time in some ways is irrelevant because each and every one of us that is on the earth right now in a hundred years will be gone. This is our end times. There will not be a single person that is alive right now will be alive in a hundred years' time. I feel like Jesus is saying today that, my friends, it's time to run your race. I felt like that got a little bit heavy a little too quickly then. So anyway, let me just finish uh, telling you a little bit about what we're doing. Um, um, so basically, since this encounter, um, we've been traveling all over the place. And basically, for most of last year, uh, we traveled almost extensively with uh, the Ministry of Christ for All Nations, which for those of you that don't know is um, Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, who has now gone to be with the Lord, and, and Evangelist Daniel Kalender. Um, 
And it was such an honor and still is such an honor to basically learn and glean from arguably one of the forefront um, ministries, at least in regards to large-scale gospel crusade evangelism. And so we've been traveling with them and um, uh, basically throughout Africa, across multiple nations and even, uh, even into uh, Southeast Asia. Um, so much so that even in the next few weeks, uh, we are actually hosting our very first, um, not gospel crusade, but our very first live virtual gospel crusade in Harare, Zimbabwe. Obviously because of our, the restrictions that have um, taken hold of the world at the moment, uh, we're unable to get there. But how many of you know the gospel still has to go out, right? And um, it's, it's incredible what God has done. We honestly thought we weren't going to be able to have an impact there in 2020 because of everything that's happened. But this door opened for us. And basically, we're going to have the opportunity to preach to literally hundreds of thousands of people uh, across multiple um, platforms, um, including um, the nation's own government-owned secular radio station has given us an hour of their peak time each day of the crusade for the gospel to go out across the entire nation. Isn't that incredible? And... Um, Yeah. Uh, Not only that, we are going to be hosting some live events where they will be broadcasting the actual crusade as well, um, uh, predominantly across the capital city of Harare. And that is going to be, uh, that's being hosted and run by literally hundreds of pastors and church leaders across almost all denominations are coming together um, for this crusade, for the gospel to go out. And I just thought to myself, isn't that an incredible picture? Here we have uh, all of these church leaders coming together. They're laying down their their crowns, their egos. They're laying down their own agendas, even their own um, resources, which how many of you know uh, in Australia is hard enough, let alone in some of these third world nations. And it's because they are hungry to see a move of God in their city. I had one of them tell me, They said to me, all we want is to see Jesus come and get what he paid for in our city. Isn't that amazing? What an incredible picture. And, you know, this, this, the context of why we're here today is to talk about, in some regards, transformation, city transformation, to talk about, you know, what the, you know, the fivefold church, the fivefold, their role is as part of this, as part of equipping the body to do that. And I, and I was thinking, I, I, I was l- listening to these pastors talk about their heart for their city and, and what it is they were doing. And I thought to myself that if we want to see city transformation, then this is exactly where it starts. Right, right you know, even in, the, in Ephesians, it talks about the unity of the body. It talks about the unifying for the completion of, of Jesus's ministry, essentially. I was talking with uh, Tim the other day on the phone, and I was saying to him that, you know, in order for different people, for different churches, for for um, different denominations, even people with different giftings, to be honest, even within the fivefold themselves, we all have these different lenses in which we view 
um, what God's saying, what He's doing. But in order for us to see transformation, in order for us to actually have that unity, to walk in that unity, then there has to be something for us to come around, right? There has to be a central point. And today, I'm here to tell you that that has to be Jesus. It has to be His kingdom. It has to be, it has to be the, the proclamation and the walking out of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Let me be clear. I'm talking about the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of salvation is part of that. But ultimately, what we're talking about is Jesus' ministry. And I think this is the genius part of God. You know, in Ephesians, it says where Jesus divinely released, you know, the graces and the gifts on the body. He's taught, he, he then goes on and lists the different, some to be apostles, some to be prophets. The way that he designed it, for us, for us to be able to fulfill and, and fully fulfill Jesus' ministry, he's designed it in such a way that it requires you and I to need each other. This is where it all begins. Laying down our differences and coming around the cross. Not just the cross, Christ crucified. How many of you know that the cross is not special without Jesus? Uh, the, Lord get, he get, the Lord gave me a word a couple of years ago, and as I was kind of praying about today, He reminded me of it, and um, I want to share it with you uh, really quickly, and just to be clear, uh, I'm not prophesying this word, it was just an encouragement He gave to me, but it, it helps to kind of shape what I feel like the Lord is doing, and what, what I want to talk to you about, um, and so this is what it was, He said to me that Everything that we have experienced is not the extent of what I'm pouring out. He said, it was merely and is merely just the four shocks to the main event. Now, as I, I looked at this part of the word, I, I you know, used um, the Holy Spirit Google and I looked up what he was talking about. I, I realized that seismologists and scientists actually use these little four shocks. If you're talking about natural uh, uh, events that happen in the world, um, you know, specifically earthquakes and different things like this, they use these little foreshocks to predict and measure and estimate when these, these main seismic events and how big they're going to be are. And I want to tell you that the Lord, when He spoke to me, He said to me that when this hits, it will be measurable across all spheres of society, across all nations. And what, we have, and what we have seen so far is just the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the paths for Him. My friends, when this next move happens, when we step into um, even what Katie was talking about, when we step into this, this next season with the Lord, it is not going to be isolated to individual spot fires across different individual places in the world. It's going to be to such a degree and such a level that not only will the world not be able to deny that it's not God, but also the institutional church will realize that they made a mistake and they missed it. And can I tell you, 
it will lead both to repentance. The Lord said to me, if we are in a John the Baptist move of God, you can bet that there will be a Jesus movement following it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I feel like the Lord said to me that this move, this season we're in, is a season of two different Johns. It's a, it's a John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. And it's an Apostle John marked with intimacy and sonship and identity. I believe that there is something significant being released over this region. I believe that the Lord is, is releasing something today. I want to tell you that you've come at the right time. And you're in the right place. And you will receive in Jesus' name. I believe there is an invitation to respond, just as we've already been talking about. I just want to share just a couple more things for, uh, for a few more minutes, and then I want to just make room for the Holy Spirit to move right now. Um, but I just want to make it very clear up front that I'm in no way a theologian. I'm not a highly educated preacher. Um, in fact... I often describe it like this, um, I know most people at home have some level of a tool collection. They have some kind of a toolbox and inside that toolbox often they'll have um, a handful of um, uh, tools that have very specific roles. For example, you know, we've got screwdrivers for different types of screws and different heads and we've got chisels and you know, for, for different kinds of things, whatever. We've got all of these specific types of tools. Um, but I felt like the Lord uh, is, uh, is, the way he's using me is I'm that tool that everyone's got at the bottom of their toolbox. It's this kind of, <laughs> it's this like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a um, inanimate object that you just, when you get sick of, you know, you get frustrated with whatever you're working on, you reach to the bottom, you pull it out and you start beating the living tar out of what it is whatever it is that you're working on. And so, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm okay with that, I think. It's, it has led me to some pretty difficult places and some pretty dangerous places. Um, I was thinking even the other day, one of the places in Africa, um, we, we were setting up these, these kind of crusades, these mini crusades in, in the markets and in the city around. And everywhere we were, there were all these buildings with these like crescent moons on them and it shows how much I knew I had no idea what it was it turned out that they were uh, mosques all over the city because we were actually in Nigeria which is a highly Muslim community and um, and so we just went about preaching and doing whatever Jesus was healing people people blind eyes were opening people were coming out of wheelchairs it was incredible until one day we set up right in front of this enormous mosque and it was my turn to preach because there was a few of us over there. And so I got up un, un, unaware and just began to preach. And I began to preach and I began to preach. I began to preach Jesus until I realized that it was actually a mosque. And so I began to preach saying that Jesus is not just a prophet, that, that the prophet cannot save you. And I began to, I began to, to call out this this. 
um, religion and preach the good news straight through their windows. And then all of a sudden, all of these Muslims started coming out of the mosque. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. But then I gave the altar call. And can I tell you that we had Muslims running to the front to receive Jesus. Now, it wasn't until after... It wasn't until after that I found out that this particular mosque was the largest in the city and was notorious for raising up radicals to kill Christians in that region. So I'm all right being a blunt, inanimate object that Lord can peg it, hard to move things. Because how, like, how incredible fruit is that? It just so happens that I didn't know that that's what I was being used for. But sometimes you have to just... sometimes you just have to lay on the ground and yield to the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm happy just to be a heavy lump of a hammer today. Sometimes we have to, and I know I've been kind of being a bit silly, but it's true. Sometimes we have to surrender to such a level where we say, God, you can use me however you want to use me in whatever sphere of influence that you want to use me in today. And so anyway, all of this to say that I'm not an expert on any of these particular subjects. Um, the truth is I only have one message. Um, and it's, it's Jesus. And I, I just love him. Because I was going to hell. And I encountered him. And he changed my life. Again, I felt the Lord say, we need to set some foundations today. So if you do have your Bibles, you can turn with me to uh, John 3. I'm going to start in verse 30. Verse 30 says this. He must increase, and I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and only speaks of the earth, but he who comes from heaven is above all. Say, Jesus is above all. He is all. Can I tell you that we will know that we are in a Jesus movement when Jesus is more preeminent in our hearts than the movement. This part of my message is doesn't make any kind of logical sense. I've just got some statements that I felt the Lord placed on my heart. The message of the church is not church. How many of you know that when we're in heaven, we're not going to be talking about heaven? We're not going to be sitting around admiring the pearls and the gold. There is a lamb in the midst of the throne. Hallelujah. Jesus is unto nothing because he is all. And all cannot be part of. 
and the ones that love him will spend their lives loving the one who is all. He is all because he is from above. My friends, the Christian message is Christ. The message of the Bible is not the Bible. The Bible is infallible. The Bible is the Word of God. It is eternal. It is perfect and forever it is settled in heaven. But the message of the Bible is that this is Jesus Christ, the living Word. My friends, if you do not find Jesus in your Bible then all you're doing is equipping yourself to debate. And I'm telling you that lovers will not go to the Bible for ammo for their next argument. They'll go to the Bible because they have access to the very heart of Jesus in print. Can I keep going? The message of revival is not revival. The Lord's calling us. There's an awakening happening, I'm telling you. He's calling his church to awake. And he is knocking at the door, just waiting for us to answer. The message of revival is not revival. Revival is when Jesus comes and lives with you. The message of revival is Jesus. Do you get where I'm going today? You know, I've seen when detailed words of knowledge become the culture of the church. And all of a sudden, me telling you that you are going to rock a city or rock a nation or rock something for Jesus becomes less than me giving you your phone number. By a word of knowledge. The church has determined what will awe us. And so, I could stand here and I could look at Josh and Pegs and I could say, guys, you are going to rock this place for Jesus. You are going to do mighty things for Jesus. And some of you might think, it's average. It's an average word. It's kind of like, what do they call it? A universal word, you know? You hear these words. 
But all of a sudden, if I was to give you your bank account, everyone's like, oh my goodness. I want you to just hear my heart today for a second, please. I love the prophetic. In fact, words of knowledge are part of, we operate them in daily. Why? Because it is one of the most effective tools to reaching a dying and lost world. Why is that? Because it reveals the heart of the Father to the lost, right? To those that don't know the Father. Can I tell you though, if you were to hand a microphone to the Father, do you know what he would say? He would say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The father only has one message. It's, this is my son, Jesus. Have you met him? But I need to say this today. If a prophet fails to mention Jesus or to reveal him, run. Run. Why? Because the testimony of, of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Did you hear what I said? If it is not about Jesus, then it cannot be Christian. How? He is the faith. He is the author and the finisher. The message of the evangelist is not evangelize. It's Jesus. The message of the pastor is not, this is how to build a big church. The message of the pastor is, this is Jesus, the head of the church. Can I tell you, God is raising up pastors that know how to, that have learned how to bring the presence and to keep it when he comes. The true theologian has made Jesus his theology. His message is Jesus and not his perfect theology. And can I tell you that the true apostle is not enamored with the word apostle. He is enamored with the chief apostle. The cornerstone upon which the whole church is built. His message is this, come Jesus, come Jesus, come. Come now, fill this place, come into my home. It's my boy. Oh, I was weeping in worship because I was holding him. And I was, just, I was just loving on him. And as I was loving on him, he was just kissing me on the chest. He was just going over and he was just kissing me. And I thought, oh my gosh. This is what the son is to the father and the father is to the son. What an incredible picture. My kids are going to be world changers. The apostolic ministry is to build a home for Jesus, to build a home for God. 
It has to be more than just handing out business cards. Now, I've talked specifically about this because we are talking about the kingdom governance of God. Right? This is the governance, this is the government that he has put in place himself for his body, for his church. I hope you came for him tonight. I certainly hope you didn't come for me because you're going to be sorely, uh, you're going to miss out. When the message of the movement becomes about Jesus, he will begin to move. And mountains will bow. Crooked paths will be made straight. Mountains will be cast into the sea. Troubled waters will be calmed. People will get healed when he begins to move. And when Jesus begins to move, make no mistake, the bowels of hell will begin to shake. Come on, all hail our King, King Jesus. I can feel him here tonight, or today, it's not tonight, not yet. Thank you, Lord. Let's quickly read through Ephesians 11, it's, uh, 4 verse 11. It says that he himself... So Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. My friends, unity is not us getting to a place where we agree on everything. Unity is us understanding that we have differences and laying them down in order to come around something that's much bigger. It says, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God till we come to the unity of Jesus and we know Him. We have already discussed that he is the faith. Until we come to the unity of Jesus, meaning until we lay everything down and come around him, and we know him. The root word of knowledge of the Son of God is know, to know him. My friends, the message of the fivefold for the equipping of the saints is to come around Jesus and to know him. This is how we accomplish his ministry. I believe God is raising up an apostolic church. He's raising up a sent church. This is what the word apostolic means. It means sent one. It's a Greek or a Roman word. You, many of you may have already heard this. But it describes a company of men uh, that were gifted in all areas of the Roman Empire. And their job was 
as a, an apostolic company was to be sent out ahead of the emperor of Rome to any particular city that he was going to visit. And they would go about establishing the emperor's kingdom so that when the emperor arrived, it was as if he was in his own kingdom in Rome. And it was Jesus himself that started using this terminology in regards to his disciples. And it was for this very reason. Because when Jesus passed the baton of the gospel onto his disciples and empowered them by the Holy Spirit, they went about establishing and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. Just as John the Baptist did preparing the way for the Lord, this is the purpose and the role of the fivefold apostolic church. My friends, it's, we're in a season, it's all hands on deck. You understand? This is not the time to not be all in. The Lord is awakening those that are sleeping. We see it in the, in the, the letters to the churches in Revelation. And I want to just be clear that He is still the kind, loving, gracious, merciful, meek Jesus that we, we, we've known and we love. But if you have inclined your ear to Him, if you've learnt His voice, you will recognize that there is a change in his tone there is a holy urgency and a fear of God on what he's saying in this season God is commissioning people today with a fresh fire and he's cranking up the heat but before we just create space for that I want to just tell you one more thing. That there may be a call on this church, there may be a call on you individually to rock nations. You could literally have a call on your life that is going to be catalytic to see this nation come to, into revival, to see this nation turned around. But... If you do not know him, then it's all in vain. It's all for nothing. You know, in the book of Matthew, Jesus, um, you, you would know this, this interaction. There were many that, um, Jesus, sorry, Jesus says that many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And Jesus will declare to them, I never knew you. I feel like Jesus is making it very clear, his heart, his desire, that the entire purpose of his sacrifice and, and our faith is to be known and to know God, to know Jesus do you know that word known is the exact same word that is used when it says that Mary did not know Joseph until Jesus was born? 
It is an intimate word. This is the invitation. This is what I feel like God is doing today. I want to just say to you today, if you don't know him, if you do not, if you say to me, I thought I, I've given my life to the Lord, but I don't know if I know him like that, then I want to tell you that today is your day. Like I said before, there is a fear of the Lord in this place today. How many of you know that the fear of the Lord is just the opposite of the fear of man? My friends, I, I'm, I'm not going to do some big fancy elaborate altar call, but I'm going to create space for you today. And I want to ask you today to choose life. Don't let this moment pass you by. Jesus is here. If you know in your heart that you need to get your heart right with him. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying um, to come and to give your life to Jesus. What I'm saying is come and surrender your life to him and be, begin to allow him to move in such a way in your life that you begin to know him intimately. There is... There is ascending, but before there's ascending, there has to be a refining. We talk about city transformation. I know Tim's heart is to see this city one for God and for it to be a, a, a city unto God. But my friends, that cannot happen if that has not happened first in your heart, in your own life, individually, as a church, as a community, as the body of Christ. Katie, can I get you to put that song back on that you were playing? Do you know how to connect it back up? I'm going to move this pulpit and I'm just going to... And I'm going to move this pulpit and I'm going to just open this up. And if you want to, if you today want to know the Lord like I've been talking about today... If you have stepped away from the foundations that I have outlined here today and you've walked away from it, I want to pray for you. I want to invite Katie to come and pray as well and any of the, the leadership that would like to. And I would like to put, lay my hands on you and I would like to pray for a fresh, uh, a fresh outpouring of his love, a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you that God is going to move powerfully. But it requires you... To actually respond. Just as Katie said, there is a response that has to happen today. And so I'm just going to move this now and I'm going to open the, the altar up. And I want you to come and do business with God today. This is not about us praying for you. This is not about someone laying hands on you. You receiving something um, from whoever's up the front. My friends, I don't know if you get the point of this scripture but it is your job. It's, it's the job of the saints to go and fulfill the ministry of Jesus. Would you just stand with me? I'm going to pray and then I'm just going to open this altar up. Jesus, we worship you here. First and foremost, God, we are here for you. 
Lord, right now I ask that you would just meet everyone where they are at right now. Even just while I'm praying, if you need to come to the front, you just begin to come now. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would just, uh, that you would, that you would touch each and every heart in this place. Lord, I'm asking that if they need to be out the front here today, that you would draw them unto yourself. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin to move in this place, that you would begin to move like the mighty wind, Lord, and that you would begin to touch each and every person. We just say, come, Holy Spirit.